Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are discussing Blood Quantum from 2019, directed and written by Jeff Barnaby, starring Michael Gray Eyes, El Nijah Tailfeathers, Forrest Goodluck, and Kiowa Gordon. In this film, a zombie outbreak forever changes the lives of the people living on and around the Red Crow Indian Reservation. If you're new to the show, we are going to discuss some spoiler-free info for the first 15 or 20 minutes, and then after that, we're going to play some transition music and go into spoiler mode. At that point, we spoil the movie by walking through the plot beat by beat and reviewing it. So if you want to duck out and watch it, this is on Shudder. So once you hear that transition music, if you haven't seen it, go check this out on Shudder. And this was a request from Big Turkey a very long time ago, finally getting around to it. Is it uh, worth noting that Big Turkey is also Canadian? He's Canadian, and this is a Canadian film. Right. I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> he has a soft spot for those. I think the bonus of a light release here is that we get to tackle some of these. I feel like we're chipping at what chipping away at the request list. It's getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're at least getting to some of these that have been on here for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad because uh, yeah, a lot of them, especially this one, like I had never heard of before. So really cool to get these kind of recommendations uh, from movies that uh, actually had like quite a following. This one won a, a few awards, so I was all surprised I hadn't heard about it. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those things, kind of like how we just was discussed in Wolf Creek. Like, Canada was really proud of it, and Australia was really proud of Wolf Creek. I don't know that this had the same bleed over into other fandom, like other countries as Wolf Creek did, though. Yeah. But it's hard to get a read on some of these, like, streaming options only. Like, it's mm-hmm. hard to know how successful or culturally impactful they are, how many people watch them. Right. Right. Yeah, especially, like, like this one. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing no U.S. theatrical release. Is that your read on this? That's my read. I don't think there's any theatrical release. Theatrical release. Maybe maybe just, like, a tiny one to get some buzz. But Yeah, I saw, like, a 10K box office number. But, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. It's probably just pretty limited. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the way, before we get too far into this, our five-year anniversary episode is coming up, gang, and we're going to do a bit of an Ask Me Anything episode for patrons. So we're asking you to submit any questions you'd like to answer, you'd like us to answer, (laughs) uh, about ourselves, about the podcast, about movies, or anything that you want to ask us. If it's too personal, maybe we won't answer, but we'll try our best. So... You can submit those either via Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the contact form on our website at horrormovieclub.com, or you can email us at podcast at horrormovieclub.com, uh, or Discord. And I think that we're only going to answer those on Patreon. So if you have a question you want to hear us answer, you can sub for a buck a month. And we're hoping to do that on a video that is similar to the YouTube show Hot Ones, where we eat increasingly hotter wings as we answer your questions. That's the goal, at least. That's the goal. We'll see how long I can hang. <laughs> I'm really excited to see how long you can hang. <laughs> I think I'm going to do horribly and be very, very sweaty. <laughs> I mean, your favorite chip flavor is uh, salt and vinegar, so I've got pretty low bar for you going into this. Salt and vinegar isn't for the faint of fart. <laughs> the faint of farts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Okay, so... 
if you guys want to uh, ask us anything, just do so, and then you can go to horrormovieclub.com and click the big orange button and subscribe to Patreon to see that video. Uh, watch me get sweaty, and, and we'll answer those questions. <laughs> uh, I, I said at the top of the show, Red Crow Indian Reservation. That's how it's phrased in the movie, like on the first title card. I feel like we'll be using various terms throughout uh I, I have trouble knowing what the correct ones are to use these days. I don't know about you. It sounds like there's differences among different cultures about what, what the correct term is. So, mm, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about, like uh, indigenous people? Yeah. Right. First Nations people, right. indigenous people. Some are like, yeah, go with American Indian. That's what we've always been called. Right, or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard, hard to know because, uh, yeah, I, I think it changes at any point of time. Uh, the receptivity to certain certain uh, labels, yeah. But um, um, re- really cool that that it's focused on 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 that community. And that it population. is a unique a unique film for that reason. Like, it's a cool point of view to tell a movie from, right? And I think the director is from that background as well. Correct. Yeah, he was born on a reservation in Quebec or Quebec in the late seventies. Uh, that was raided by the Quebec provincial police in nineteen eighty one. And this is why Blood Quantum takes place in 1981. So the police beat and incarcerated members of the community and then confiscated their fishing equipment. And then the re- the remaining members erected barriers and formed human chains to keep this from happening again. And then the police raided a second time with rubber bullets and tear gas. And the whole ordeal was just over the right to fish for salmon. Hmm. Um so yeah, th- this movie is a commentary on that event and colonialism in general. So yeah, yeah, all in like the guise of a zombie film. Yeah, right, it's right. Pretty cool. You know, uh, I've been uh, to Toronto a few times, uh, and it's so interesting because, like, here in, in the U.S., we have we're taught about uh, Indigenous people um, and the history, and it was just like, oh, so long ago. And then you don't like hear too much about more recent stuff, but you go to Canada and like in, in Toronto, I still feel like, uh, there's like so much recognition of, uh, the, the first nation population or, or, um, indigenous pe- uh, people of Canada, um, that like almost like in, in all of like their parks or like, uh, artwork and stuff. So yeah, it just feels like more, uh, present there than it does here. Like walking around. Do you, you ever get that sense? I do get that sense. And even in Minnesota, where I live now, I think it's a bit more prominent. No way. Oh, okay. That's cool. And actually, I, I went away for a lake weekend, this past Memorial Day weekend, and we were very close to many different reservations. Hmm. Oh, okay. There are a lot, there are a lot of them here. Got it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if maybe the Midwest is just a little bit out of touch. And uh, yeah, as you go into like some areas where you have more reservations, you see more of that. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Interesting. Um. And Zach Barnaby, the director here, his first feature-length film also just dealt with these with similar issues. It was from 2013. It was a film called Rhymes for Young Ghouls. That also took place on the fictional Red Crow Reservation and dealt with the abuse suffered by First Nations people at the hands of government agencies. Mm-hmm. That one took place in the late 70s. Um, oh. So, yeah, no coincidence. He was, he was born around that time. Um, and yeah, and that that was the life he grew up in. It's Jeff Barnaby, right? Did I say what did I say? Zach Barnaby. I think Zach. Yeah. Where did I even get <laughs> Zach? <laughs> I, know, I was looking. There's no Zach <laughs> attached to anything here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close though. 
Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Barnaby. Um, yeah, and, and, and then, uh, I mean, speaking about his life, then, then he it's he died at like a pretty young age in his 40s from cancer. Yeah, I think he died at, maybe was like a couple of years after this movie, unfortunately. Damn, yeah. Right, pretty yeah. young. Yeah, very sad. Um, and the, the title of the film, Blood Quantum, is referring to blood quantum laws, which are used by the U.S. and Canada to determine people's status as members of Native communities based on their percentage of indigenous ancestry. Mm. So, But also a cool title for a zombie movie. Yeah, it really is. Man, uh, there, there was a really great NPR piece the other day or on, on, on some podcast about like how I think... Uh, a similar system is exists in the U.S. where, uh, based on like your DNA or or your blood, um, you can like claim your heritage uh, to certain groups, and then that entitles you to certain uh, fractions of land. And it, it was just covering the story where like someone had been adopted and was now trying to get uh, access to like what was owed to them uh, because of like their birthright. So uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like these kind of things are always in play and coming up. It's really interesting. There was a guy in my dorm at Miami University of Ohio, who was about 1% Miami, like a the descendant Miami. of the Miami tribe. Yeah. And he got a, like a full ride. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting and, and how it's proven and how you, yeah. Right. It's, it's weird that there even have to be laws around it. It feels gross, but then at the yeah. same time it's like, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. you kind of do. It, it's just, it's weird. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's a whole, I just... It's a whole thing that I don't know enough about that I, I should learn more about. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty complicated, and, and then like, yeah, the enforcement of it gets gets very tricky. Right, and then there's just a lot of histories that are just right, kind of buried, or that I wasn't taught, or that I haven't taken enough responsibility to like seek out. So I know it's crazy, crazy how much yeah. is out there on this. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Critic score of ninety percent and a user score of forty four percent. Pretty big gap there, um, but it did well in Canada. It seems at least the critics loved it. At the ninth Canadian Screen Awards in twenty twenty one, Barnaby was nominated for best original screenplay, and he won the award for best editing for Blood Quantum. Uh, he edited the film as well, and even did the music with along with Joe Barucco. Um, yeah, special makeup effects had some familiar, or at least maybe the names aren't household names, but Jessica Gerard worked on The Lodge as well as Eric Goslin. Mm. He also worked on The Lodge, Bo is Afraid, X-Men Apocalypse, Crimson Peak. So that was interesting to see because it's a pretty effects-heavy movie. Any zombie movie kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, those those really need to see. Um, and I was surprised by some of the gore that you you end up seeing here. Um, yeah, I mean, would you would you consider this like an indie film? Like, I, yeah. I know there's no budget out there, but what, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. I think this is an indie effort. Right. Yeah. So kind of kind of cool to see they went out on like the practical effects. Yeah, I think it's just uh, zombie movies are like getting kind of tired, but you got to keep coming up with unique settings, unique circumstances. Yeah. I think it's a good premise. Same. Yeah. Something new. Something different. Um, it reminds me a lot of Prey, like the new Predator film. Yeah. Also kind of focusing on, uh, I think that was the Kamachi drive, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's cool to see horror expanding into like these new narratives uh, while using like some of those familiar uh, tropes and territories. 
Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, oh, did you say yeah. the director did some the music on this? He did, yeah. Oh, he, cool. Yeah, him and one other dude. Yeah, I missed that. That's really cool. The, the music, uh, did you like it? Pretty ambient? I was actually a really big fan of the music. Same. Yeah, that kind of hits you right away. Yeah, I thought that was one of the highlights of the movie. And yeah, it really is kind of like right right up front as a striking uh, part of the movie's style. Right, right. Um, I didn't recognize any of the cast, did you? No, I didn't. I don't think they're... Uh, I mean, they were all... They're all uh, indigenous Canadians, I think. So uh, nice to have, like, representation. Yeah. I don't have too much other background info on this, unfortunately. Do you? No, there really isn't much out there. So I, I think you hit it all. Okay. Well, as always, our Ohio connection is done by our friend Alex, who connects every movie to our home state of Ohio for us. Alex says, Blood Quantum is a Canadian horror film written, directed, and edited by Jeff Barnaby. The film depicts the effects of a zombie uprising on a First Nations reserve whose residents are immune to contracting the plague because of their indigenous heritage. Didn't even mention that because I thought maybe it was a little spoilery, but it, it's right on some of the uh, like movie posters and stuff like right. that. So that's an interesting twist. Uh, longtime actor and dancer Michael Gray Eyes stars as local sheriff trailer. Grey Eyes had a breakout performance for his portrayal of Crazy Horse in the 1996 TV movie Crazy Horse, based on the true story of the Native American war leader at the Battle of Little Bighorn. The film also stars Ned Beatty, Wes Studi, and Peter Horton in the role of George Armstrong Custer. George Armstrong Custer was born in New Rumley, an unincorporated community in eastern Ohio. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. I think he probably had to do some digging for that one. Yeah, good find. Good find, Alex. Did I mention that Alex owns the Jukebox Bar in Cleveland, Ohio? Uh, I think you forgot. And people should go there? I think I forgot this time. (laughs) Go to Jukebox. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm on the struggle bus today, man. (laughs) Uh, All right, buddy. Speaking of being on the struggle bus, I think I just need a break. Uh, Do you mind if I call you back later? I think my wife and I are are going out to dinner. Oh, sure. Sounds good. All right. I'll call you when we get back. All right. Hey man, I'm back. Hey, how was dinner? Um, you know, it was good. It was a little weird. We went to a seafood place and we kept having to send our meals back because they were flopping all over the place. Oh, I think you got to order it a special way if you don't like it flopping. <laughs> flopping or non-flopping? Yeah, exactly. You have to specify that at a time. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Eventually, we just held them down with a fork and ripped into them with our teeth. <laughs> Yum. Got the nice. job done. Yeah. Have you ever gutted a fish? I haven't, no. It looks pretty gross from this film. Have you? I don't think I have either, but I, I, I feel like maybe in Boy Scouts I like saw someone or helped someone do it, but hmm. do you, I've, been, I've been curious. Do you have to gut a fish to eat it? Like, why, why can't you just cook it with the guts inside there? Well, I think you don't want to eat the guts, and then you'd probably be gutting it after you cook it. I, I imagine it'd probably be hard to cook correctly with the, the guts, guts in there, too. Uh, I mean, what's the difference? You've got like a bunch of other organs and stuff in there and like you eat like, uh, the insides of pigs, right? And hot dogs and stuff all the time. Uh, why not just keep the fish intact and light it up? I, I just don't think it would taste good. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Not a delicacy, I guess. Yeah. I don't know though. 
Yeah, um, it's messy work. Okay, yeah, it's got to be really messy work. Mm. And really stinky. What do you do with that when you throw it away? Yeah, yeah. Can't be a good way to dispose of it. Um, boy, some fishermen are probably getting pretty frustrated. <laughs> some fish hunters are getting frustrated. <laughs> yeah, they are. All right. The film opens with a title card that includes the text of an ancient settler proverb that reads, Take heed thyself that thou make no treaty with the inhabitants of the land, for when they whore themselves to their demons and sacrifice to them, you will eat their sacrifices. Dude, I don't totally know what that means, do you? I know. I've been, like, reading this, like, back to, yeah, like, it, it just on repeat. Uh, and I still can't, like, I, I think I keep getting confused on who thyself and your, uh, and they, like, who are all these people in this? And, like, uh, I, I can't figure out, like, w- what it's saying. Have, have you been able to put any sense to it? No, not really. I mean, it, other than it's racist. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it is? is? Is there racism in there? I think it's pretty much, like, Hey, don't uh, don't trust the people. These native the people, they are in in league with demons, and they do sacrifices. And yeah, huh. they'll convert you to their ways or something. Interesting, interesting. Make no treaty with them. Oh, okay. Huh. All right. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah that is kind of. Although they then. did go ahead and make a lot of treaties and then break them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of what they were known for. And I think some of that, some of that whole fish, fishing controversy that is the basis for this movie was like, they had a treaty with the British that like they could fish for salmon oh. in these waters, and then I think they used that in their argument that like, yeah, we have the right, like, yeah, to so, do in this. Yep. Yeah, I, I wish I had more time to read up on that, but it was interesting. Yeah, so that that like led to the 1981 violence. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And basically, it was really like corporations overfishing was oh, my sure. impression. And they were like, hey, you guys have to stop because we fucked sure. everything up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So after that quote, our story then begins on the Red Crow Reservation in Quebec, Canada in 1981. We see an older gentleman gutting fish that he's caught in the river, and he's shocked to find that the fish continue to flap even after they've been gutted. I thought that was a cool way to set up a zombie movie. How about you? Me too. Yeah, great setup. Uh, I feel like I haven't seen uh, something like that before in a zombie film where it's like seeing animals coming back uh, in like the opening shot. That, that was a really cool touch. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and it, it was a nice contrast with like, there's a lot of like beautiful nature photography ahead of that. Right. And then, yeah, it was just cool to see. Yeah, and you get some gross out with the gutting right. of the fish. Yeah. Uh, we meet Sheriff Trailer, the sheriff on the reservation. One of the locals has called him to report that uh, Trailer's ex-wife dog, who ran away, is dying. Trailer comes and shoots the dog and puts it in his trunk. He then goes to meet up with his father, who was the fisherman from the earlier scene, and he shows Trailer the mysterious flapping gutted fish. The two of them know something weird is definitely going on when the dog in Trailer's trunk comes back to life, too. And he and his father burn the fish and the dog. Before he can give this phenomenon any more thought, Trailer gets a call from dispatch informing him that his son Joseph has been arrested along with his stepbrother Lysol. These are both Trailer's sons by different women, and we hear Trailer express some guilt for not being a great dad to either of them. Trailer and his ex-wife Josh go to pick up the boys from jail where their fellow inmate has become violently ill. He's vomiting blood and ends up biting Joseph before he's subdued. Joseph heads to the hospital where his white pregnant girlfriend Charlie is waiting. The hey, fact that she's, she's white is kind of important. I'm not yeah. just 
yeah comes up hey what you, you think of that uh, zombie attack guy in the in the jail cell you know I thought it was fine I kind of all the progression you see coming with like the fish then the dog you know we're gonna see a person soon mm-hmm. um, nothing is special about it though what did you think uh, yeah I mean I, I think the part that caught me by surprise is you had a main character getting bit so early on like his, sure. his son yeah uh, that, that was like holy shit like uh, this early in the film you already have like a character who's compromised right um, right then uh, yeah but yeah otherwise yeah you're right like uh, not not uh, not too crazy uh, on the attack and I think I can't remember at one point they sh- what point they show it but they let you know that Joseph is in jail for climbing up on a bridge and shitting on a car passing beneath him right and then falling onto the car did yeah, you they think do like that a, was a weird touch of humor it was yeah it was like kind of like this weird like kind of cut back where like the guy's describing what's happening and you're like watching it yeah uh, yeah it, it felt like totally off from like where we were in the movie i agree and i also find it very impressive that you could time your shit that perfectly oh. like shit at will <laughs> I know. and aim it perfectly to you a passing know. car <laughs> I know. 35 40 maybe 50 miles an hour yeah, how would you do that? Like, uh, that's, that's a really good point. Like, you never know how long it's going to be, right? So, uh, yeah, that's that's some great physics that he did there. Um, also, uh, talking about things that were, like, totally off, like, th- there was that sequence. Uh, did you catch the animation that happened, like, a few scenes before, too? Yes, they do that, like, two or three times in the movie. And while I think it's a cool touch, like, I liked when the animation came, it just was weird and out of place to me. I didn't understand Same. how that added to the movie. Yeah, like it looked really cool, but like it didn't fit like with what was going on at the time or anything. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think th- those two kind of throwbacks uh, were kind of interesting. I think the ominous music during this opening is my favorite part. It's like really setting the tone. I like the music. I also think the camera work is kind of cool, especially in the opening where it's like spinning around uh, a yeah. lot. Uh, yeah, it reminded me a lot of like Infinity Pool earlier this year. I remember the opening of that had like a camera going upside down or something. Yeah, a lot of like aerial and Dutch angles and yeah. stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, music and camera work, I think, uh, are general. A lot of uh, warmer colors, too. Like, I feel like a lot of this early part is, like, brown and oranges. Did, did you pick up on that? Yeah, a lot of earthy colors. It's uh, yeah. That makes sense. Very uh, woodsy movie. Yeah. Yeah, 1981 woods. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, wait a minute. Where? Yeah, okay. So, they, Joseph gets bit. He goes to the hospital. His pregnant girlfriend is waiting. Trailer, meanwhile, gets a call about a domestic dispute at the home of a known drunk named Shooker. Shooker is drunk and frantic when Trailer arrives about something going on with his girlfriend, who is also white. Trailer goes upstairs in the house looking for the woman only to find her seemingly eating the couple's baby. Is that what you gathered was happening there? Yeah. Yep. Then she attacks and bites Trailer, who ends up having to crush her skull with the butt of a shotgun uh, much to the dismay of Shooker, who's also been bit by her pretty severely in the neck. So yeah, the woman has also bitten Shooker pretty badly, so Trailer rushes him to a hospital but hits a traffic jam on a bridge where he discovers his ex-wife Joss, his sons Lysol and Joseph, and Joseph's girlfriend, uh, and they have just dodged a nearly fatal zombie attack on the bridge, but thanks to a fellow chainsaw-wielding citizen, they were saved. Uh, trailer's father says something to you to the effect of just like the dog and the fish, the dead are coming back to life. And this is kind of like a fade to black moment, uh, end of the first act. And the story now transitions to six months later thoughts on the first 30 minutes of the film. And the fact that we just 
jump six months into the future. <laughs> I know that's a surprise, right? Like most zombie films, like this is where like it starts to get crazy. But uh, yeah, this one's like jumping over like the insanity straight to like the future. Uh, crazy. I I mean, like I, I think as I said before, like the the tone has been cool with the music um, and the shots. Uh, some cuts that don't make a lot of sense i think one thing that's also uh, a struggle for me is getting on board with some of the acting here um i did did you have an issue with uh, like some like like trailer for example as an actor i did i i felt like things were flowing smoothly at first but as things went along here in these first 30 minutes it just like the dialogue started to feel a bit jagged mm. i think it was partly scripting but partly acting um I don't know. There was the cadence of some of the characters' speech is like different yeah. in in Canada and exactly different because English isn't their first language, right? Presumably, it's just yeah, that part's hard, hard to get to like, a read on it. But exactly. it, it felt like it felt like not great acting. Yep, and it felt like dialogue that wasn't particularly smoothly written nor smoothly spoken. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think to your point about that dialogue, um, it isn't like building the connections that like you want it to be building, like either between uh, trailer and either of his sons. Like it's a, that's like very fast because he's like just like on the move, like going from one scene to another, and not really like talking to his dad about like how crazy the stuff is, or talking to Joseph or like about his bite, or to, to uh, Lysol about like yeah. You know, uh, I, I know he's got like some grievances for like how what kind of father he was but there's all this stuff that i think is very important to the plot that we don't really get him like kind of having long conversations it's very it's very like uh, uh short uh conversations uh, for the most part aren't they they are and it's a weird jump too for that reason because like it feels like you're we're developing and developing you're stacking and getting more info it they it's weird how they even revealed like Okay, these two are brothers, but the, the one is Joss's kid, and the other we don't know right. who his mom is. It almost like they let it unfold like it was some sort of secret, and it's just like yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we had to like work to figure that out. Yeah, um, I mean part part of it's maybe cool it was just not, me. Yeah, I I would struggle with that because it's like it's cool they're not spelling it out and like people aren't like like wearing name tags that say I'm this guy's brother. Right. But on the other hand, like there's like so much like uh, and, and the, the the drama between them is such a big part of this movie that like yeah there things that can easily go unnoticed here yeah yeah it's a it's a tough line to walk because you don't want to be like he's he's there with my other son who is by <laughs> another woman like yeah. you don't want to spell it out that awkwardly but yeah exactly at the same time it just felt like some things that were important weren't given enough attention like you yeah. said we don't get much relationship between the dad and the kids and then we jump six months forward and it's like anything that might have been like developing to just like has to take a back seat. Right, right. Um, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Six months later, the people of the Red Crow Reservation have walled themselves into a post-apocalyptic compound. We see Lysol along with some other random woman in what seems to be a position of power on the compound, and he's pissed off at his brother Joseph and his girlfriend for their tendency to bring in outside survivors to the compound. Lysol thinks it's too risky, uh, but he's a real dick about it, even holding Joseph's girlfriend at gunpoint for a moment in the heat of it all. Ultimately, three survivors are brought in, a man and his infected daughter, who Trailer is forced to kill, and a woman named Lilith, who hides the fact that she has been bit, even though Joss asks it as part of their standard intake questionnaire for new people in the compound. 
Do you find it odd that our characters are willing to rudely and brusquely kill a man's young daughter because they can't be too careful, but they're not willing to have Joss, an actual nurse, force <laughs> the people to undergo an actual medical exam before entering the compound? Yeah, that, that like, scene is really strange. Had she Which... just lifted up her shirt to reveal her belly button, <laughs> we would have seen the giant gaping bite. Exactly, exactly. And she yeah. looked like shit. Lilith, like, oh my God. bags under her eyes. <laughs> like, she looked like a zombie already. Yeah, yeah. She had every reason to suspect there. Yeah, that that was a really weird uh, dynamic. And I think that scene between Joss and uh, Lilith uh, is just, yeah, very strange. Like, first she's like, oh, what are we eating out there? She's kind of interrogating her, but it's like these softball questions with, like, no, like, meat or packing behind it. So, yeah, that, that's really interesting uh, call out, like, the different approach that uh, these different groups are taking. Right. Like, the. <laughs> It was so, it, yeah, it didn't make sense. And yeah, I'm not yeah. on board, too. Like, we're just trying to, like, meet these characters and get a read on people. The intro was so scattered that, you know, you're having a hard time finding a grip on your main characters, and you think, okay, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. They jump you six months ahead, which makes it a little hard. But then they're all so mean to this guy who's just trying to save his very young daughter. Oh, you felt bad for this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's oh, yeah. coming. He, he, what he hear, heard is they have a cure for this. Yeah, and like Lysol is a total dick because Lysol's kind of the villain. Like he's supposed to be a dick, mm. but then Trailer, who's kind of supposed to be our our main guy, he's not really that much kinder. He's just like, right. sorry, like we got to kill her later. Yeah, and. <laughs> And then after they kill the daughter, the one woman's like, look, I get it. You're still feeling bad. (laughs) (laughs) For Karen. His daughter was just shot five (laughs) minutes ago. Yeah. Or not even shot. Cut her head off with an axe. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because she calls it. She's like, oh, yeah, uh, you're still feeling bad about Karen. (laughs) He's like, her name was Kira. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, Interesting that you sympathize with that guy because I think like when he first comes on the scene, He's like yelling at them because they're like speaking in uh, their their native language, and he's like speak English. And I, I thought like that was like pretty like here you are like showing up for help from this community that like here's when we learn that they're actually like immune and like they have resources that can help uh, people potentially. But he's still like kind of being an asshole. So I, I thought they were playing into the mentality that like these people were from the town. The town people aren't like great towards uh, the people in on the, uh, the the red. It's called Red Crow nation yeah Red, yeah yep. crow territory uh, and so yeah there's like a natural hostility between them so i, I get you like there's uh, you should be grieving because it's a father who lost his daughter but also i think he came forward too with a lot of hostility yeah yeah and after he had been roughed up quite a bit and and lysol was a total dick to him so yeah and, yeah. and i mean that line is in there to be you know as commentary like speak english but yeah at the same time, like this is a young girl who's dying, and there's yeah. zero sympathy from who's true are supposed to be our main character. So it's just yeah, it struck me I, as odd. I guess, but you know, we're we're like six months into the zombie apocalypse. They've seen like countless people die at this point. Like, uh, how like are they there to really console this guy, or are they, should he just be like appreciative that he's got a place now to uh, come in, like potentially be safe? I don't know, man. That's a big ask for yeah. just hey, just shut up and be appreciative. We just killed your daughter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I thought she gave him some good advice. Like, don't don't see that as your daughter. If, it, if she became a, a zombie, like uh, that's like the easiest way to go about it. Right. Um, yes, but she did it so coldly and like yeah, nonchalantly. 
Sure. It just sure. Uh, it rubbed me the wrong way with this movie. It just like what, what's the goal here? All right. Um, well, you're gonna have some manners on you six months into an apocalypse. No, I mean <laughs> I, it's not even like <laughs> paint how it would be six months into the. Yeah, I guess there's different schools of thought, right? You can you can look at it like, hey, they're grizzled and and whatever six months after the apocalypse. But I'm looking at it as, hey, we've just met these characters. The first thirty minutes was so scattered. We're not even totally sure who the main characters are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And now instead of us giving us a quote-unquote save the cat moment where the character does something to endear us to him, he, they just coldly kill a young girl. Like, mm. yeah, seems like a weird way to take the movie. But Yeah. I like is that a cold kill once they're a zombie? Like it's it's not the young girl you're killing anymore. Is are you more uh uh like hurt by how they like that they killed her or that like they didn't give him a hug afterwards? No, I get it. <laughs> they, you're you're mischaracterizing the situation. It's not that they were supposed to like give him a hug afterwards. Uh, <laughs> yes, I understand they had to kill her. She was gonna turn into a zombie. Yeah. But they were so rude to that they would barely even give the guy a time of day. Yeah, They're just like, yeah. go over there while we kill your daughter. Like uh, yeah. and then be like, Hey look, I know you're still feeling bad. Like I didn't get there were some like seeming attempts at humor in this movie that just didn't it didn't work, yeah. Land for me. Sure, um, sure. But yeah. Yeah, I think we get more of that as this goes yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that night at a, a little party uh, where Lysol confides to Joseph that he cares about him, and we start to see Lysol and Joseph interacting a little bit. By the way, yeah, you mentioned something. We, we learned in that scene the native populations are immune to this disease. Yeah. Or maybe just the Red Crow people. We don't really know. But they are immune to the zombie plague, and only white people are getting it. Right, right. And I didn't. It didn't really occur to me while watching, but that that's like the flip of the of script what's... on white man bringing disease. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that interesting? It is interesting, but it's one of those things where it's like a f- like flitting commentary. Like, oh, okay, but nothing's really done to like weave that through. Like, or, or take it to an interesting place, but yeah. maybe I just missed that. No, no, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think that's like a. They, they, I feel like Doctor Swing they bring up like a lot of cool themes, or like twists on like things that happened historically, but then like maybe don't follow it through the whole way. Sure. Yeah. Or maybe they do. Maybe they do. We, we'll talk through it more as we okay. get get through it. Um. So yeah, there, there's just party. Lysol and Joseph maybe a little drunk. Lysol confides like, "Hey, I care about you." Whatever. Um, and Lysol hooks up with this new girl, Lilith, only to find that she has turned into a zombie at the worst time possible and bites off his penis. Do you remember the, the story uh, that he tells about? <laughs> what did you think of that? That was, oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> my least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> so they're at this party. Is it Lysol telling the story? I think so, yeah. And he's basically like, he got in a fight... Oh, or no, he didn't there get was in a, a fight. You, you want to tell fight. it? Do you remember it? Uh, they, he was like at a club. He met this girl. They went home. At the club, there was a fight, but he wasn't a part of it. But later, he shows up. He shows up at the police station, uh, and they like arrest him because they think he was in the fight because his face is covered in blood. Uh, because I guess he was uh, engaged in oral activities with uh, this uh, with Lilith, and uh, yeah, 
That's no, it I, wasn't I with know. Lilith. It was with some other woman. It was a story that happened long in the past. Oh, it wasn't Lilith. I, thought I don't it was think like, it I was know, Lilith. Oh, I thought he was. That's why he was telling the story. I thought he was saying like, oh, I know that girl Lilith. Uh, oh, okay. But, it was it okay? It was her. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Either way, it's just like <laughs> a really gross, weird attempt at humor that in a otherwise humorless movie. Yeah, I mean, they took a like, lot of time on it too, and like did a full blown flashback. Yeah, yeah, which the, yeah, it's so much like the pooping on the car scene. Yeah, where, yeah, in interesting turns, and like I don't know, like you don't think it adds like the character or like how how well we know these characters or like their personality. Not at all, man. <laughs> this, that that's so weird. And what both of these comedic flashbacks? It's like, what does it add to the movie? <laughs> There's so many other ways you could have spent the time. And Joseph, throughout the rest of the movie, seems nothing like a person who would climb up on a bridge and take a shit on a car. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it, it's a weird thing to put in the in the script. Yeah. Both uh, of them uh, are. It, it is, yeah. Anyway, uh, Lysol, who just had the, his penis bitten off and believes none of this would have happened if Joseph didn't let survivors come into the compound, stabs Joseph and turns Lilith, Lilith loose on the compound to wreak havoc. Uh, there are probably some racial implications to his decision due to the fact that he says it's us against them, and we've learned shortly before this that the tribe is immune uh, to the zombie bites, whereas white people are not. While Trailer and some of his crew are off-site clearing a gas station of some zombies in order to get more fuel, they return to the devastation caused by zombie Lilith uh, that Lysol let loose. And they learn via radio that Trailer's ex-wife Joss, Joseph and his girlfriend, and a handful of others are trapped in a basement and surrounded by zombies, or Zeds as they're called in the movie. The gang enters the compound armed with guns, an axe, and the grandpa's trusty sword. And the escape hits a hiccup and Trailer is forced to let the others go ahead while he is eaten alive by zombies. This is a, a situation where it just felt like Trailer was getting developed in the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he ever was developed anymore, nor was the relationship between him and his sons all that developed after this. Yeah. And then he dies in what seems like it should have been an emotional thing, but it just didn't hit me that hard. How about you? Same. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, this is the second half. We're not getting like too much character development on him or like building too much more emotional connection to him. Uh, there... There is, like, a bonding going on with him and his dad, maybe, like, while they're out and about, like, fighting and stuff. Um, and you're getting, like, some playfulness between... Well, I, some, like, uh, badassness, I guess, from the dad. From from his dad. Yeah, um, and dad's great with a sword. And there's some, like, yeah. comedic violence when they raid that gas station. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're not getting much. I mean, he's, he's a pretty, like, hardened character. There isn't, like, uh, too much, like, depth uh, in, into, like, him. And then I, I think you're, you're getting the sense of, though I think Rudy had this, like, the tension between him and Lysol. Like, that was there in the beginning of the film as, as well, right? Yeah, right. Joseph yeah. and Lysol. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the second half, the only character development going on is um, Joseph and his girlfriend talking about, like, how they're going to bring a baby into the world, potentially. Right, right. Um, so, Joss, Joseph, and his girlfriend, who Ashwin just mentioned, her name is Charlie, by the way. So, Joss, Joseph, and Charlie managed to escape with Grandpa and another character named Bumper. There's this whole crew of, like, trailers, guy friends that you, uh, their names yeah. aren't really important. They're just kind of there. They're kind of, like, mentioned in passing. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, they find Lysol, who manages to let loose a zombie from the trunk of his car before Joss can suit, shoot him. And the zombie attacks and bites Charlie before Joseph emerges onto the scene to kill the zombie. And Charlie knows she's, she's going to turn. She's also in the early stages of labor at this point. Lysol has been shot, but he's not dead. Joseph stabs him, and the gang fires a gunshot into the air to alert the zombies to his location, and they come feast on Lysol while the game, the gang escapes. Don't mm. you think that was an unnecessary risk uh, to like bring all the zombies onto your location just so Lysol can die in a oh, more dramatic yeah. fashion? That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that was unnecessary. I yeah, I couldn't tell if that was like gonna happen anyway. And they were just like directing them one way or another. But yeah, I guess if they hadn't done that, they probably wouldn't have been in a rush to get out of there. They had also just like fired five bullets from her gun. Oh, yeah. In the moments right. preceding this and no zombies seemed to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Logical. Anyway, they're all able to escape by boat. Uh, but the grandpa says to Joseph that this is the last time he's leaving this land. And as the gang drifts away by boat, we see the grandfather fending off zombies with his sword. I thought that he died, uh, but the Wikipedia plot description says he survives with the Whoa. remaining zombie's head in his hand. No way. That's what's shown in an animated scene, but I took that animated scene to be like a vision of the afterlife or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, again, these these animations, they're cool, but they just kind of serve to muddle the, yeah. the story here. I, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really know how to place them. Uh, yeah, I, t- I totally thought he died, too. And so yeah. now you're left to just with Joseph, Charlie, and uh, the mom, right? I, I think there's no way he doesn't die. So yeah, it's just yeah. Char- Joseph, his mom, Joss, and his bir- girlfriend, Charlie, who's giving birth. Uh, she does give birth to seemingly a healthy baby, but she's scared to hold the baby because she thinks she'll turn into a zombie and eat it. Joseph all but forces her to hold it, which seems like a really bad idea, right? <laughs> like she's about to turn into a zombie and you really yeah. want her to hold your baby. Uh, yeah. She is able to hold it briefly before returning it to Joseph and Joss, and Joseph shoots her before she can turn. The film ends with Joss and Joseph in the boat with the baby crying, and uh, Charlie expressed some worry that the baby wouldn't be immune and would become a zombie, but it seems the baby is immune from what we can tell. Sure. Yeah, no zombie baby yet. Got that that blood quantum percentage of right. the native heritage, so she's immune, presumably. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, oh, in that last act, uh, didn't Lysol, while like uh, he's like uh, killing them, say like uh, he planned, he orchestrated for Lilith to show up there or something? He's like, did you think it was just a coincidence that she showed up? There was some dialogue that I just did not understand in this movie. Like, oh, okay. not only did I, well, I under, I like, I caught what they were saying, but I didn't know. Sometimes when Lysol and Joseph were talking, I was just like, I don't really know what's going on between uh, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you guys rewind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a bit behind. So <laughs> yeah. he said something to make it seem like it was yeah. on purpose. Yeah, that like he brought uh, Lilith there somehow to the compound, which would imply like he had this. Uh, this plot in his mind to like kind of yeah destroy the compound somehow. Uh, he, he says something to that effect. I mean, I'm really curious if like others have caught it or what. Because yeah, I'm just not sure how that plays out. We might need some insight from Big Turkey on this movie. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. Um, yeah. What, what did you think of the movie? I mean, it seems like we both have some trouble with the story. 
Yeah, st- story was hard. I mean, uh, it, it, first of all, it's like so cool as a zombie film that they're doing something different and applying it to such like a, a, a unique story. And like, yeah, you know, you, you get educated on like some things that have happened in history, which it, it, it's awesome to see. So I really appreciate that uh, aspect of it. But then I, I think as you were mentioning in the second act, like then how it interacts with like those historical events kind of gets hard to follow, which that, that's okay too. I mean, I mean, sometimes it's more just about the dialogue than like actually being like, oh, this represents that and uh, right. et cetera, like a one for one kind of thing. So it's cool that, that it, it hit on that and used like the zombie format to do that. And uh, sound and visuals really enjoyed and pacing. I, I thought the front end was a strong pace, but then, yeah, I feel like the second half maybe doesn't deliver at the at an equal pace and like the plot maybe falls through a little bit um and yeah the the grounding in the characters i think like that you mentioned i, I think yeah that, that's like the biggest weakness here is the the characters and the relationships uh and potentially the acting uh what, what do you think yeah i agree with you i think the movie's strengths are like the kills the violence and the effects um like at one point there was like a zombie who just like hanged like the grandpa like knocked him off the edge of something and he was just like hanging by his intestines and like freaked another guy out. Like some stuff in there was, and there were touches of humor in some of that. And that humor worked as you know, it's just like a zombie action movie type humor. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I love the music and the cinematography. I thought those were good strengths too. Like you said, but yeah, the, the dialogue, the acting, the story, it just didn't really quite work. Um, I think it's a really cool premise. Like, okay, like it's a reservation. It happens there. They're immune. White people aren't. It feels like there's a lot you could do with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they really do much. Like, yeah, uh, and everything feels so rushed. And, and at the time when we get that story, well, flashback of the story that he's relating to this group of guys about going down on this girl and having blood on his face. I was just so frustrated because we were an hour into the movie and it felt like we had accomplished 20 minutes of narrative in that oh, hour. Sure. Yeah. And and then to spend time on this, it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, right. we didn't develop the core. The movie felt like it was about Trailer and his sons. And there was really so little dialogue between the three of them. Yeah. And it was just not a great dialogue. Um, yeah, that that's what I liked about that party, though. And like when he's telling that story, it seemed like it's like finally those two talking to each other, even if it's like some dumb story that doesn't add much to the plot. Um, but yeah, we, 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 you're right. Like I, I, it definitely leaves you wanting more like uh, interaction between those three characters, which you barely get any. Yeah, yeah. Like it felt like the whole movie was kind of about their conflict between those brothers. And then yeah. that was an hour into it was the first time we really see them talking about anything right, meaningful, right. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think there's a, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely think the three of them are part of the story, like the main story. And then the, how that uh, translates then to Joseph and Charlie and their kid. And this idea of like, blood uh because like yeah i mean it, the whole thing's like a family tree right right and yeah ultimately it is like the son who didn't get the attention and something terrible happened to his mother apparently which we never really we never find out what happened right it's no i don't think so yeah so ultimately it's this guy's one one of his sons that uh 
yeah, didn't uh, didn't have a great upbringing that like brings and collapses this whole thing and jeopardizes or kills the other guy's wife in in some way. So I, I don't know if it's like a more of a commentary on like a family's lineage and how that's impacted. Um, but like the blood that's saving them is also the blood that's potentially uh, fucking them up in a way. Right, right, and like could be a commentary on just like the total collapse of family life and family units with like the all the destruction settlers reigned and then yeah the hardships on a reservation and the exactly. poverty there and stuff yeah right and right drugs yeah yeah i think i think yeah i feel like they're trying to go for that but you're right like the without like having a lot of dialogue with those scenes or a lot of like interactions we didn't really get to experience all of that yeah you really have to like kind of use your imagination to try to like piece out or flesh out the themes a little bit exactly and the arcs like it's it's not really there in the movie exactly and, and like we said there is a fine line between not spelling things out but they really just didn't even give certain things attention that needed attention right yeah exactly yeah or, or like the like the the grandfather staying on the land like that's like the first time we learned that like he's got this attachment to the land like oh cool i'd love to like know more about that like how long uh has that been going on for uh tell me more <laughs> you, know, <laughs> like, we, we, you know it's just like you threw in a line that like yeah it would have been great to know more about that uh so yeah i just feel like there's a lot under the surface that we, we really uh scratched yeah and i felt like as a result of that i was having a hard time even caring what happened like right i i just felt like i didn't even know anybody and i Maybe it was just me. Had trouble at first following the plot and keeping track of who was who and who was going to end up being important. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I really wish they had just kind of kept expanding on the first 30 minutes where you're kind of like getting to know people, you get to know the town. Right. And then you really, you you jump forward six months and everything changes. So Exactly. I felt that was, that hurt the movie. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one character that we, we don't get anything is it Joss? Is that the mom? Yeah, Joss. Like she's set up as like one of the main characters. Like the first scene is like he's killing uh, her dog and then going to see her. And why well, I, I never really understood like how close uh, Trailer and Joss were now. Like, uh, like are, are they still like in a relationship or uh, like are they still like co-parenting? Well, I guess they aren't probably co-parenting or anything, but it's just like yeah, you have these characters and you don't really understand like how they're surviving on a day-to-day basis with each other. Yeah, and like he's always calling himself a bad dad. We don't know what made him a bad yeah. dad. Like, was <laughs> he struggling with addiction? Was he just not around a lot? Was exactly. he working too hard? It's like they they hint at things they just don't even bother. Yeah, explaining exactly. Um, and I, I think it's not just you know giving us a, a little bit so that we can extrapolate on our own i think it's just not good not good right. storytelling i agree i agree yeah it's it definitely uh different and uh yeah not, not not yeah it didn't work that well for me either yeah uh but you um, thought the the action and the gore scenes like how, how, did, how did those go for you no i mean nothing about them was like wow like this is cool but it was entertaining it was enough yeah. to keep me entertained and engaged in the movie mm-hmm. um yeah, I think it surprised me a few times, like when he yeah. kills uh, the the pregnant or the woman who just gave birth by like smashing her with the the rifle. Right, like that was a vivid, in your face effects that did not shy away from seeing exactly what happened to her face when yeah. she was struck repeatedly with the butt of a rifle. So there <laughs> yeah. there were times like that where it's just like okay, like this movie is like not shying away from certain things. Right, right, just playing um, in a zombie. 
Yeah, yeah, and stuff like that held my attention, and I never ended up really disliking the movie, but I felt let down by it because I did see promise in like the premise itself. Mm-hmm. That first thirty minutes where it's like, okay, like we're getting to know the town and how things work around here, yeah, and the score and cinematography. I felt like it really could have gone other places, but yeah. If you take out the um, undertones of this movie and like that that narrative around uh, you know indigenous people and uh, their their struggle here and like yeah the, the power dynamics that are going on in this community um, and just look at this as a zombie film, uh, do you rate it better or worse? Like I, I, yeah, I'd say the same pretty much. Okay. Like yeah. I just I still I still think you need a, a good story and. Regardless of the premise, this movie just didn't have a good story. Yeah. yeah or maybe it did, but it wasn't well told. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, in any zombie film, you need like strong characters, like a good story between the characters, a good like drama going on between them. And this one, it felt kind of like stalled the whole time. Like, movie kicks off uh, with like the same dramatic, uh, or same uh, drama between the characters that it ends with. Yeah, right. Hmm. Uh yeah, man, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Are you ready to go to the... Yeah, let's go to it. All right, let's see. I didn't come up with any units. Let's see. Zero to five risky zombie blowjobs. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's what they knew. Uh, I'd go with uh, two and a half risky zombie blowjobs. Because, uh, yeah, I, I think this was an intriguing watch. I mean, I was definitely interested in it. It's a very innovative approach to zombie films. And, uh, yeah, tells tells a great story by picking uh, a cool uh, uh, central character, I guess. He, wow, I don't even know who the main character is anymore, I guess. I know, right? I think, it's, I think it's trailer, but it's <laughs> yeah. they do a bad job with that, too. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the stuff we just talked about, like the second half, just, uh, yeah, it felt like it was too weighted down by all the themes that they were trying to push but didn't really dive into them and then characters who didn't talk to each other and poor acting. So, yeah, two and a half for me. How about you? I give it a three. I think the cinematography score and the gore are all admirable, but the story is lackluster and scattered, making the mm-hmm. movie feel unfocused. And the acting isn't enough to lift the emotional through lines out of the story you really have to like search for those on your own and yeah extrapolate based on what you've seen so i i'm cool with the movie making me work but not really make up the the story for the movie <laughs> yeah a choose your own story yeah like what yeah. do you think happened we don't yeah. really know um yeah i did think the woman who played joss uh i don't know how to pronounce her name el maja tail feathers I thought she was a strong actor. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I think her acting was the best in the bunch. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it, um, it, was, it was pretty, yeah, there wasn't too much to compete with on that. But yeah, I think yeah. that's a good one. Probably yeah, it, it wasn't the strongest acting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I, I think this movie could have been a lot better. And, and it's weird because you want to tell that story on that reservation based on that real-life event of the police raid, like right. the zombies are the police in that scenario but it's just like how do you get there what story do you tell around that and i think that that's where we struggled like a 30 minute ramp up and then we jump to six months into the future there i'm yeah. i feel like i've said that over and over again but yeah is that your interpretation of the zombies represent the police because uh, yeah yeah is that that's how you see it i mean in a way yeah um but then the zombies were set 
onto them by Lysol, though, right? Yeah, and that's where like some of the theme and commentary gets weird and murky, and is it even meant to be read into? Like, mm. does it show all it takes is like one bad seed and an entire community is destroyed or something? Yeah, yeah or like a. It's, yeah, and then he had like people who were kind of on his side too, and right. Yeah, he had his own gang. Right, right, yeah. and uh, and they talked about how like, I think they said something about like the townies, like not all of them are bad, kind of like right. So and then is yeah. that commentary on like hey, there's bad seeds in any group, and, and maybe that can like sully or soil the whole group and and their their actions, the yeah. actions of those people, you know are overwhelmed by the people who just stand by and I don't know. But then Joseph kind of screwed everything up by letting Lilith in. So right. Yeah. If you want to read into things, it gets kind of challenging. It really does. Yeah. To, to draw lines, even like the comparison to uh, colonialism and like how they brought diseases. Um, this one, uh, these guys are immune to it, but it's not like they were, they weren't spreading it to others though. So it's also again, like not like a one-to-one match. Yeah, I mean the zo- yeah, like, like the zombies people. are like white men who bring disease, but in this story, they are immune to the disease. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I feel like an idiot with this movie. Like I must be missing <laughs> something, and people are going to be like, "Dude, you guys, like this is <laughs> this is what it's about." It's over our heads. Yeah, uh, but I think either way, if, if someone comes and tells us like, "Hey, here's here's the theme spelled out and all the symbolism." And we have a oh moment. I still don't think that's going to bump this above a three for me, just because sure. the pacing in the story and characters, like you said, not great. Yep. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But I'm glad we got exposed to this movie. Uh, also, good to learn things about other cultures or learn how little you know about certain other cultures that you should dig more into. So thanks to Big Turkey for, for having us watch this one. Yeah, thanks. Great recommendation. It's definitely a, a fun film to watch. Good one for the zombie uh, repertoire. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's just fun to see what different types of stories are told in zombie movies or different right. premises. Yep. Cool. Anything else, man? That's all I got. All right. Well, that has been our discussion of Blood Quantum. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, feel free to give us feedback or let us know what we missed. Uh, tell us how you felt about the movie. You can connect with us on horrormovieclub.com. You can click the contact form or you can click on the social links drop down and find links to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's also where we post what movie we're going to cover next week. There's also a link there for our Discord server, which is a community of listeners and horror movie fans. You can come on there and chat with people. It's a great community we have there. Uh, If you want to be a patron and support the show financially, you can go to horrormovieclub.com and click on the big orange button for Patreon. Until next time, if you're ragging on your brother that everyone he brings home probably has some sort of disease, maybe don't engage in sexual activity with those same people. <laughs> Point nine. Yeah. That was weird because he's like, dude, you got to stop bringing in these people. Like they're, oh, yeah. they're going to bring infection. And then he's like, uh, maybe I'll have sex with them. Yeah, I'll go for it. Yeah. But then it's so weird too, like your comment, like he some sort of plan. Like, yeah. Did he plan yeah. to have his penis fit off? <laughs> I think so. I think he was into it. All right. <laughs> to each yeah, their own. Yeah.